Good morning, everyone. It is the 31st of August. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne and Asim Kadri. There was a wait-and-see feel to markets last week, all eyes on the annual Central Bank Symposium at Jackson Hole, a virtual event this year, of course. The keynote speech was from Jay Powell, chairman of the US Federal Reserve. And Alex, did Mr Powell step up and deliver what the markets were waiting to hear? In a way, Lorna, yes, he did. But in another way, very little was actually added to the overall view of the market. So following his speech, we had Wall Street hitting an all-time high again and Treasuries wavering somewhat. They basically confirmed the slow removal later this year, which is in line with what market expectations are. Very cautious on inflation forcing any decision, given the early nature of the recovery and also the currentness of the pandemic, especially in America, where it's have a strong revival. This week's economic data points were generally quite positive too. So added to that support for the market. Markets. We had good home sales with strong increases. Weekly jobless claims ticked up somewhat, but remain near those cycle lows. Yes, but as far as interest rates go, the lower for longer regime continues for now. It does, and that's why I guess the Jackson Hole was a bit of a non-event, really. It had that confirmation for markets of their current assumptions. There wasn't really any huge deviation from the current course. Essentially, it seemed like they were not wanting to give markets much ammunition for any volatility from anything that the central banks would be doing. Yes, indeed. You could sense disquiet there about this lower for longer scenario in the minutes of the last European Central Bank meeting. They were published last week. Some members feeling they are without an explicit escape clause. Somewhat, but I think the direction is still quite clear and, and is of the current trajectory. So they continue to reiterate that the inflation should continue to prove temporary, given what they've seen in previous recoveries, with that muted wage growth that we're seeing supporting this view. So it's one where things seem quite stable and the course seems quite known at the moment. But if things do change and that inflation changes caution seems to be less than temporary, then we could see a very drastic change in market assumption. And before we leave the topic of stimulus, though, there was some progress on President Biden's next big fiscal stimulus programme. We did. So the House Democrats passed the budget resolution for the much larger 3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. So remember, this isn't like the one that's been previously passed, which was more of a, a kind of classical infrastructure bill. This one is much more focused on what you kind of coin as human infrastructure. So elements around education, a lot of things around social care and some welfare elements, much more on zero carbon and EV incentive and infrastructure for electric and low carbon initiatives. It was a very close bill, but it passed. The manner in which they're trying to pass this is very slightly different to what they've done with the infrastructure bill. So this is a non-partisan manner. It's not trying to do this with the uh, Republicans. It's trying to appeal to the centrists within the Democratic Party and basically pass this through its own support, really. The Republicans, I don't think, will ever be on board with the size of it, but also they don't like the amount of debt increase. They believe will add to the overall account of the US, increasing in business taxes, they seem to pay for a lot of these elements. And they keep citing this potential additive nature to inflation that this would have. Yes, we'll watch. That builds further progress with interest. But if we turn to events in China over the past week, Asim, the tech sector is still experiencing considerable volatility there. Hi, Lorna. Yes, that's right. So although last week was a strong one for the tech sector in China, the end of the week saw some volatility on the back of a report that there will be new regulations to block companies with large amounts of sensitive consumer data from floating shares in the US. As well as that Tencent have issued a warning to investors that more regulatory changes are expected and will impact China's tech sector, with regulators in China now moving ahead of their peers in the US and Europe in terms of controlling the internet space. 
So the president of the company issued this warning at the same time as the Q2 earnings results, which were in fact well ahead of analysts' expectations. So despite the increasingly challenging regulatory landscape and the substantial share price correction over recent months, from a profitability perspective, Tencent appeared to be thriving for the time being. That's interesting, although some companies seem to have found a solution to this regulatory challenge. They're making donations to a common prosperity fund. Yeah, so last week saw news that Pindodo, one of the largest e-commerce groups in China, would donate 1.5 billion US dollars in future earnings to charity via contributions to the agricultural sector. And this is an example of the latest Chinese tech group announcing that they are increasing their charitable activities. As a couple of weeks ago, we saw Tencent, who we've just spoken about, announced it would set aside 50 billion renminbi for a common prosperity program. So these announcements are in the wake of recent calls from President Xi that the largest companies and richest individuals in China should increasingly seek to address social inequality and also foster common prosperity rather than just think about their own interests. For the time being, the market seemed to take these actions pretty positively. So Pindodo's shares rose by more than 20% last week, although I would caveat that by saying it still remains to be seen whether these declarations are in fact intended to deflect regulators' attention amid the recent crackdown. Yes, we should wait and see on that one. But on a more positive note, China seems to have taken effective steps in quashing their latest outbreak of the Delta variant of COVID-19. Yep, that's right. So last week, local cases in China fell to zero. So they appear to have dealt with the recent outbreak of the Delta variant, as you mentioned. You know, measures over the last month, therefore, have been effective, although they were fairly extreme. They included repeated mass testing of entire cities, quarantine playing a larger role than before, and also some regions introducing sweeping curbs, such as barring entry for people from high-risk areas or asking them to cut short their holidays. But these measures resulted in the Delta variant outbreak being crushed within just over a month. So roughly at the same time it took to quell previous outbreaks. If you compare this to countries in the Western world who have never succeeded in containment despite repeated lockdowns and also faster vaccination programs, clearly it shows how effective China's policies have been in terms of dealing with COVID domestically. Although clearly this containment at all costs approach has weighed on economic activity over July and is expected to do so over August as well. So clearly it comes with some drawbacks as well. Yes, we'll get more data on that. But if we focus on the week ahead now, it's the first week of September. So we can expect final PMI data. Any thoughts there, Alex? Yeah, a lot of PMI data this week. Europe, we continue to see the same theme as we have done for a good few months now. Continuing strong manufacturing recovery in services expected. In China, somewhat of a slowdown in the PMI numbers in the non-manufacturing side. So it adds to some of those concerns on the China slowdown story. But just given what Asim has said, along with other data points that we've had through from China, there's, there's probably less concerns on that than there would have been a fortnight or so ago. On the US, slightly slower on the manufacturing side. So down from those very high highs that we saw. But given this increase in the Delta spread that we're seeing currently, there is the potential for a slowdown even from that, that level that we're, we're seeing coming in this week. And of course, we have the non-farm payrolls data on Friday. We had a really strong figure for July. Is that likely to be repeated in August, do you think? That's a very strong number again. So it's 750,000 from 940,000. So down, you'd say somewhat significantly, but that's still a very, very high number of uh, a number that was very high last time around as well. The other numbers are fairly stable, again, off very high levels last time around. Unemployment rate expected to come down from 5.4 to 5.2. So given the stability in a lot of the other, those other numbers, there's some concern with some of the state's actions around COVID and where it is in, in some of those areas. They don't seem to have come through in these numbers this month. So we could potentially see some negative surprise in some of those given that from particular areas 
areas, but maybe that will come through in next month instead. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna.